0: Still struggling, John? I'm getting there. I'm just about there.
1: Yeah, if you tried to do it with your phone, you'd, you'd lose your battery.
0: Yeah. Just a second. I'm almost there. mm
1: Hey, till
0: oh, God, God it. damn it! <laughs>
2: right. Hey, somebody else that's not not computer savvy like I am. I gotta love it. I saw it must be the gray in the hair, you know that. You know these yeah. big computers, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right,
0: I'm almost there. Hold on. Five, one, two, four, two, two.
1: Sounds like he's trying to enter a code.
0: Yeah, I got two two-step verification on my email. Ah, there it is. Hold on, almost there. Oops.
1: Well, I hope everybody's uh, ready for Christmas because it's going to be here. With, with, um, just a an quick announcement to the audience: we uh, we're going to take Christmas and New Year's off uh, on this podcast. So i uh, wish you guys all a very merry christmas and happy new year now and good uh, night we'll year.
2: Uh, i think we're going to have a fantastic year next year
0: oh uh-huh. let me let turn, turn my off. phone off here
1: all right you're there my friend
0: yeah, I'm just trying to get this phone to turn off so we don't have any... I,
2: I'll, I'll kick you from the studio, your phone from the studio. Now your phone's off. Yeah. So now you're good to go, John. All I don't right. how, how to pronounce your name. I'm good.
1: <laughs> Thank you as always, Ken, and uh, welcome to the show, John. It's been, a, it's been a minute since we've actually been in uh, face-to-face, uh, other than a couple of phone calls here and there. Um, but why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell tell the audience how you ended up getting to this point.
0: Cool. <laughs> Excuse me, I was taking a bite and apple. Um, well, um, I've been an artist and doing healing for pretty much all my adult life. And I started out, I've done many different things, but I'm a sculptor and um, working all, all mediums of metal, glass, stone, wood. And I made stained glass windows in my 20s professionally for years, and that's where I got hooked on color. And then through my healing work, I ended up in doing with just doing energy work. And I conceived the idea of using and got fascinated with color for doing healing work and started making prisms. So I had to uh, do a lot of research to end up with the prism that I did because originally I was going to use solid glass and it, it would be impossible to make a prism that size the size that I want out of solid glass unless you're corning or something. So I found out that I could make water prisms. And the Egyptians used water prisms and, it's made like a, an aquarium and so I epoxyed the three sides together using low iron glass and uh, and ended up making my my prism, which is we'll have a picture of it, which is eight feet long and 16 inches on a side and it's set on a stainless steel base.
1: Did you send a uh, uh, Ken a picture of it? Yes. Okay, Ken. When you can, just pull it up.
0: So from that point, um, I can see. Well, uh, there it is. There's one of them. Wow. So, yeah. When it when it's, I'm going to use mineral oil. I used water to fill it with first when I was working on them. There. That's a long bed pickup so that turns horizontally on its axis and it's set on casters so i can move it back and forth um to focus in on the sun
1: does the prism spin itself or is it just
0: yeah you see that's uh, you can't see very well that's a um it's what was called it's an old school bearing it's called a, a babbitt bearing and it works on a pipe within a pipe and um so when that's all finished and filled. The prism is going to weigh about 800 pounds and the base is going to weigh about the same, maybe a little less, don't know exactly for sure. So the overall project that I'm working on is um, an energetic resonant healing space that combines sacred geometry, uh, color from the sun and frequencies with electromagnetism uh, and scalar waves as a carrying wave. And I'm combining those three things to create an energetic space that I can enter frequencies into the space for any particular combination in particular or combinations of frequencies for any particular um, problem going on in the human body. And it acts through the body electric and what's called piezoelectricity uh, or magnetism. And our, our bodies, our bones are, are creating, has its own energetic field. And so our body electric automatically wants to harmonize and resonate with any energetic field that comes into. And that's why AC electricity is so is not good for us because our body does it automatically. So when a person gets inside the the sacred geometric three-dimensional shape, then I input the frequencies into that shape for whatever the particular problem is. And so the basic theory of resonant healing is that, that I use the analogy of a bad heart has one frequency, a good heart has a different frequency so you enter those frequencies into that copper geometric shape and that creates an electronic an electric environment that has a biocompatible carrying wave that our bodies will resonate and harmonize with and the ultimate state of that is called entrainment and when you're when you reach entrainment then if you could see it on a, an oscilloscope, then the input frequency and your frequency would be traveling exactly the same.
1: Do you actually use oscilloscope when you're doing your work?
0: I don't have one, but I've used one before, but that's going to be part of um, the end product. After I get the, pro- the, the project finished, then getting the science done is, is my first order of business. And I made this to be mobile so I can go to wherever the testing equipment is and the people with all the the letters and stuff behind their name, which I don't You're have any <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I don't have any of. <laughs>
1: so, I hear that one. So this is part one. And then I assume your geodesic dome is part two. And then what is the part three that you mentioned?
0: Um, it'll be an electronic frequency generator and some kind of uh, MP3 player or some recording device that um, I can, I can input any natural or recorded sounds in. So it could be singing bowls or, you know, sacred music of any kind or, you know, anything like that.
1: Gotcha. So chanting or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <coughs>
1: now uh, reeling it back up when I first met you I met you out in Hawaii uh, I was with Pauline you know, on one of her healing journeys out there and <clears throat> I remember uh, like your daughter introduced us because she got the connection to me and soil and energy and and I was blown away by the project that you were working on back then that, that was the geodesic dome component of it um, yeah,
0: a copper dodecahedron.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is that still the same unit you're using, or did you build another one?
0: No, that's the same one. Uh, the ancients called the dodecahedron the uh, the, de- the shape of the divine of, in sacred geometry. And all of the sacred geometric shapes will take in energy, amplify it, and then project it to the very center. But the dodecahedron has particular other qualities that make it even more valuable.
1: Can you pull up a dodecahedron, uh, Ken, when you get a chance, and also pull up uh, Buckminster Fuller's um, geodesic dome? Because there's a there's a lot of unity or synchronicities to these. To these yeah, well, a
0: dodecahedron is a very simple geodesic shape in, in, a, in a broad sense of the word.
1: Um, so back then you were you were at like i think kind of the beginnings of of this journey this this latest journey in your life
0: and yeah well, that was the dode- the dodecahedron was the first thing that i made i had made um some water prisms first uh but nothing like this they were set vertically and i filled them with water and But see, these are all the geodesic shapes there have um, are a lot more complex. The dodecahedron has all identical pentagons. And there's 20 of them, excuse me, in, in the complete three dimensional spherical shape.
1: So that's again, it's more you're using pentagrams versus triangles, which Bucky did. So it's, it's, uh, well, it's similar, uh, but
0: you could break it down into triangles, but um, uh, yeah, pentagons. Yep. Yep. Five sided. But the hubs, all the vertices have three, three shapes. Yeah, that's, that's me sitting inside it right there. It's hard to see because of the, the light, but
1: still very cool great way to to give people the scale that you were showing me when I first saw yeah,
0: it. Yeah it's it's eight eight foot in diameter.
1: And now you were you were talking at that point about hanging crystals in the corners, but it sounds like you've gone uh, farther down or deeper down the path.
0: Well I I did that I I got quartz crystals from Mount Ida, Arkansas, some of the finest quartz in the world, wrapped them in copper wire, and then wired them into every hub or the vertices where the the three sides come together. And that adds another dimension of resonance to it because quartz crystals are piezoelectric, and that means that they have their own built-in battery. So they're putting out frequencies all the time. And it's it's that piezoelectric aspect of quartz that makes computers possible because the chips are made from quartz. And when you input the information into them, then when you turn the computer off, it's that built-in battery that makes the information retrievable. If it wasn't piezoelectric, then, when you turn the computer off, all the information will be gone. So,
1: are you storing the person's energy inside, or are you um,
0: projecting? no? No. The whole the whole purpose of all of this is to create a unique and energetic environment that sets the stage for the body to heal itself. Gotcha. And so using the, the analogy of, a, of the bad heart, when that frequency of a healthy heart gets input into that grid and the, the person with the bad heart is sitting inside there and all that energy is around them three-dimensionally and being projected to the center, then when they reach a state of entrainment, the, our body and in its infinite wisdom will automatically recognize that and revert back to that, and when you reach entrainment, then it will start cleansing and, and healing itself automatically. That's the theory.
1: <laughs> well, I tend to think that there's a lot more to it than theory, but um, I understand your, your, your need to say
0: that. <laughs> yeah. But my, my own experience with doing energy work um, tells me that it will work. And it's very interesting because even without anything, just the shape itself, uh, it's been very interesting to see people get into it and sit. And there's one young man in particular in Hawaii, and he's very loud and real hyper in in his attitude and his movements and everything. And every time he he'd be talking on the phone, as an example, he'd get in the dodecahedron. As soon as he got in there his voice would calm down, he would calm down, you know, his whole demeanor changed. And anybody that's sensitive to energy can feel that.
1: Well, I remember uh, just touching it and I can feel that there was some kind of generation going on. Couldn't put my finger on it, but um, like I'm yeah, yeah. impressed with the just the way you had crafted it at that point in time.
0: Yeah.
1: So Let's talk a little bit more about the prism. So you are collecting the sun and beaming it into the center of
0: the. Uh, well, it'll it'll be. <laughs> um, yeah, if Ken, if you could pull up that you had it up there earlier that picture of me holding the round color band. Um, that picture right there, that color band is produced by a prism that is about six inches tall and an inch and a half wide. And so doing the math, I figure using the using the proportions of that, then the color band from the, the giant prism should be at least 50 feet long and 20 feet high or larger. The further away you get, then it gets bigger. And it will have that intensity or greater. And um, so it's in the, no matter what the, the smallest that the color band that would, I would aim at the person sitting inside the dodecahedron would be, the minimum would be eight feet long and 16 inches wide.
1: Well, that's no joke. <laughs> that's a big rainbow, <laughs> a big energy beam. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so you said you're going to take it on the road to go begin testing. Now, I remember you telling me uh, excitedly that you were going to participate in an event. Have you formally acknowledged that? Or is it something that you're still in the wings about?
0: Participate what? Sorry.
1: At an upcoming event next year.
0: Oh, Burning Man!
1: sure <laughs> no joke, people. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell uh, us a little bit about that. How that? How you got involved with them, and and where where it went?
0: <laughs> um, well, my daughter Amber, who is working with me on this project, um, went to Burning Man for the first time a year ago, and she came back just on fire. And she said, "Dad, we've got to get." get a grant to have you take your prison there. And so we worked really hard. And we got approved for a major grant, but had to turn it down because I got a, I had a shoulder injury in between. And so I, I, I couldn't produce the, the full installation. So we turned it down, we're going to try try again next year.
1: I actually think that in many ways that was, uh, again, universal uh, energy, because I I don't think that you would have had the best of opportunities last year, or this last past season, just doing (laughs) it. No,
0: No, it's, it's amazing when people see that color band, even through the small prisms I had, it draws people like a magnet. But our body, I mean, it's in our DNA color. And, and rainbows and stuff. Our, our DNA communicates with scalar waves, electromagnetism, and light. That's how it communicates.
1: Yeah, and light's light's a very interesting one. It's both a wave and a particle, so it has very, very powerful. Yeah,
0: well, and the energetic part of that for me and my project is that if you ask any physicist, they'll tell you that the, the sunlight is made up of two elements. One is just the physical frequency of the light, just the color itself, physical color. But it also travels with with, um, the electromagnetic frequency of the color. And those two items are separate, but inseparable in the light. And so that electromagnetism the the dodecahedron will take that in, plus it will be shining on the person, so it will have a combination effect, and then our bodies will react to the the piezoelectricity of the color through the electromagnetic frequency. But the physical color itself only goes a few nanometers into our skin, but just the color itself through that and uh, visually has tremendous healing effects without it. But I don't know any other color therapist that I have ever met or heard of that uses sunlight for their work. Everybody uses incandescent bulbs or LEDs or gels or something. And so to me, they're missing the most important part because with the electromagnetism, our bones are piezoelectric, our muscles are piezoelectric. And so they will all, our whole body will resonate from the outside in and the inside out both at the same time
1: that's that's what i'm talking about and and yeah i know i know of uh color healing through pauline she was doing a lot of different uh, treatments uh, after getting the cancer diagnosis and that was one of them was uh, different lights that would flash when she was meditating on her pmf map mm-hmm. yeah. Um, she would come back with a, you know, be in a, in a really wonderful mood in and a, a happy place, um, even though she was, you know, deeply suffering inside. Yeah. Um, so there's some truth to that. And that, again, is like the difference between growing cannabis outdoors versus growing cannabis under lights. There there definitely is a difference. And oh, yeah. you know, I, I haven't really been quantified yet, but I'm sure that as things progress, that sooner or later, somebody's going to test it cultivar side by side and really try to define
0: um, that's, that's one of the many things that I want to get vetted out with the, with the science um, when I get when I get testing done.
1: Yeah you know and, and what was interesting uh, a couple years back I read an article about the, the fact that far red uh, from the Sun can actually penetrate up to eight feet I think it was maybe it's 10 feet into the soil and that was something that was not considered possible because of the matrix of soil itself is you know denies light penetration so i can only imagine how powerful that combination of the the unit itself and then you add that sunlit um, prism rainbow on you as well um, the dejector so what a a unique combination now how, how I I have to ask, how, how did you link those two together or were they always in the back of your head as, as two key
0: components? No, it's, it's just, (laughs) it was a gift, you know, it just, it, it came to me through the process of working on the project. And, um, so that's the nature of creative process. You get in the flow and, uh things you know come yep as
1: a creative mind i totally get that it's 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 like you even if you're not a great surfer you climb on this board and if everything is clicking you just just react or respond not react respond to the environment yeah. and yeah all, all these wonderful things come to fruition
0: yeah and the the color band is really interesting because you're breaking the light down into its visible component parts. And that picture of me holding that round color band uh, really changed my life because it was for the first time, it gave me a visual image of what I'm one, trying to do. And also it taught me numerous things about the light. And one of them that was the biggest thing was that I kept looking at that picture and I couldn't figure out what it was. It just was off somehow in my head. And I finally figured it out. And that is that when I I looked at the the color band, you could see the outline of my thumb and different things, but there were no shadows, just the absence of color. Interesting. Yeah. And I was... uh, that totally amazed me
1: um so how is that how is that even possible that you're not going to get any shadow in the surrounding part of it
0: it's just the all i can all i could figure out is when you break the light down to its basic elements then those basic elements have different qualities than the the, the totality of the entire white light spectrum.
1: So that, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I just said just all of that, all that stuff together has a different effect than the individual parts. The As Buck Mr. Fuller said, uh, the sum of the parts is greater than the total is greater than the sum of the parts. I'm sorry. I had it back
1: yep. Correct, correct. Oh boy. I mean, I, there's, I, I'm split into two directions right now. One of them is, uh, sun gazing. Have you ever heard of sun gazing? Oh yeah. Um, I, I've brought it up on the show that one recently that it's something that I really enjoy doing in the late afternoon and sometimes early morning as well. And, um, it's interesting because when you, when you gaze, you get this like almost blue light that blocks the center of the um, sun. And so you're getting the intensity rays, but the center is, is blocked kind of like the opposite of an eyeball. And you definitely can feel if you're paying attention to your body and you're well connected, you can definitely feel the effects of it. I I laughed, you know, kind of to myself and say, Oh, come on, protons, bring it on, bring it on. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing was that the guest at that point, um, we were talking about said, well, it kind of makes sense because your eye is black; that it would absorb the most amount of light. And so, um, that was like, all right, aha! So, so when you see these new super black materials, which I'm sure you're well aware of, um, that that just absorb all light. Um, that was like a pretty incredible um, feat that that was created. And I, I don't know if 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 that makes sense. Uh, in your world, to to try to use some of those absolute black colors um, to help absorb more energy, would that make sense? I mean, I'm just kind of freewheeling here.
0: Um,
1: you know the black material I'm talking about, right?
0: Yeah, but that's—I mean, it could. Um, but that's a whole different direction than what I'm going. But that yeah. doesn't mean that um, that it wouldn't work. But the effect would be a lot would be totally different. I would think like I said i'm I'm wheeling too <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's what I said to you like on Sunday I'm like, hey <clears throat> don't worry this is like really relaxed it's not a you know a crazy uh you know interrogation type of podcast we just kind of talk and wheel and see where things go um, so so back to the other direction is uh, when you initially um, Got that beam to project on you. You said you were using a. Uh, it was like one foot tall, or th- what was it, three by one?
0: Oh, the in the picture. Yeah, seven inches tall, and a, and about an inch and a half on each side.
1: And there were three sides to it. Yes. And then how did you? Because it was a. It was it a prism, or was it a pyramid?
0: It was a prism, a vertical prism.
1: Okay, so you were able to just twist it until you got the light to focus on you because you have to use one. You have to use one flat side as the collector and then it beams it into the points, into the tip. Correct. Yeah.
0: Well, and and to achieve that, I I used a mirror to because the sun was very low on the horizon in the morning. And it was taken on Christmas Day. So we were right or very, very close to the solstice.
1: I was going to say, wow, that's
0: cool. And um, so uh, the angle of deflection is what it's called, and it's a a law that whatever the angle is of the sun coming into the prism is the same angle that it exits the prism. So it's a very, if if the angle is real low, then the color, then the color band is going to be very low too. So I put a a mirror on the ground and then it it hit that and reflected up. And then I adjusted my body position to get that the color band about right where I wanted it. But if you go the further away you go, then it's called dispersion, then the color band gets bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: And probably not as vivid, right? Yeah. So you
0: no artist has at least in modern time, has ever had a prism this large to work with, ever. I would then one of the next things I want to do is make the largest prism in the world. But I haven't been able to find out what that is a I couldn't find what out what that is. And nobody that I have talked to people that are way, way better at doing research than I am. Nobody can come up with what the largest prism in the world is. That's interesting. So, if anybody out there is listening, and you can tell me that, I would love to know. <laughs>
1: Did you look in Guinness World Book of Records?
0: Is I would think that that information. No, I didn't. But um, Ken, just for goose and
1: giggles, if you can Google it, chase down the uh, World Guinness World Book of Records and see if there's a prism in there. That might be fun to see.
0: I don't think there is, but. Um, Yeah, prisms are are fascinating. But one of the things that I, you know, I mean, the visible color spectrum is just what our our apparatus of, the apparatus of our body sees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just a very, a drop in the bucket on on the electromagnetic spectrum.
1: And I would tend to agree with you that we have a lot more to learn about. Oh
0: yeah. One of the things, you know, that I, I read this very interesting book some years ago, a friend of mine loaned me. And that's where I first ran across the the concept that insects, um, a lot of insects see in infrared. And so they can't, a lot of insects cannot metabolize sugar. So when they fly over a field and they look down, if the plant's healthy, then it'll have a lot of sugar in the leaves and in it generally. And so when they see that frequency, they just fly on by because they know it would kill them just instinctually.
1: And, you know, that's, that has always been such a big uh, argument in specifically in the cannabis community that um, less so with some of the, plant pathologists and, you know, some of the other science and wings, but um, I've always had an understanding that there had to be a, a connection between bricks and uh, specifically uh, insect infestations. Like, you know, we know like if the plant's really sick, it's going to attract um, these insects. And we do understand the insects are the great recycler. Uh, they're there to remove something that is unhealthy uh, for the consumption by other animals, uh, up the food chain. So there had to have been a correlation, but again, it's been one of those things that everybody argues about and says, oh, that's, that's BS that, you know, the, it, the insects can't see that. So they, they can't smell that or, and, <laughs> you know, so, you know, and another, another argument was radar, like they're pinging it. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't jive with me. It has to be. It has to be something like what you're talking about, where they're seeing in a different spectrum that we can't see in. Yep. What do you got here, buddy?
0: Oh, is that the article that says that the largest prism in the world was going to um, Africa and like? 18- uh, no,
2: this is Harvard College University uh, Observatory, <clears throat> July twenty second. The largest single prism in the world, thirty three inches in diameter. And weighing three hundred pounds,
1: yeah. let <laughs> that beat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that, but you and so that's not very big because if it's thirty-three inches in diameter, glass weighs two hundred pounds a, a, a cubic foot. Yep, and my prism is eight feet long and a, and sixteen inches on each side.
1: Significant difference.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, you know what, and, and before we go too far deeper, the glass that you used, I had a buddy that was very into the, uh, he was a glass similar to you. Uh, I, he was more of an artist. Um, he did just a lot of like mirrors and, and glass countertops and, and you know, some crazy installations too. But he went down the, the rabbit hole of this glass they call Starfire. Have you ever yeah, heard of
0: That's that? what I use that's just a trade name it's it's actually it's a low iron glass okay and if you ever look at plate glass on edge and especially if it's stacked up it has a a green tint to it that green is caused by iron it's the most common contaminant of silica and the coke bottles that green color in coke bottles that's where that comes from is the iron contamination so Starfire glass—it goes by a few different names—but it's all low iron glass. And when you look at on the side, like and and, and with regular plate glass has that green color. Well, the low iron cl- glass has a light blue color, and it's much more optically transparent, and it doesn't block out UV rays. And so it it's it works. And it's more expensive, but you know it works much better for for what I'm doing. Yeah. Because of the optical transparency.
1: Yeah, I would tend to believe that. Um, and then, I,
0: would, I would love to get um, high lead glass, because that that is true optical quality glass. No, no other stuff in there. But there's nobody commercially making that and you would have to pour it. And it's a, a whole different thing.
1: Is that what they use for the um, telescopes? the lead glass
0: no probably they would use borosilica glass for that okay and um, that's that's optical quality glass and it also has uh, it's much stronger than regular glass and it it doesn't affect um, temperature change it's much more stable than than that so that's what like Corningware stuff is all made out of, out of that. Pyrex, is, as an example, uh, is a borosilica glass. Interesting.
1: Um, didn't expect to go down the re- glass rabbit hole with you, but <laughs> 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 why not, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I just saw that question. Yeah, a glass f- from um, lighthouses would work uh but there again that's optical quality glass and um and extremely expensive and but they've come so far in the design of <laughs> of those those units i mean the new ones look nothing like the old ones and they're so much more effective
1: the, the lighthouses this this are you talking the glass in the lighthouse
0: yeah Yeah, the glass itself.
1: Um, And that would be the where the light shines through not the actual reflector, the the light source.
0: No, the light source is different, but just the um, the lens, if you will.
1: Yep. Um, All right, so now we've talked about the glass on the outside. What what is what is the material inside? Are you using argon or, or
0: mineral oil?
1: so it's full of oil it will be wow that's going to add some weight to it
0: yeah but it doesn't weigh as much as water
1: right right um but wouldn't water would probably just be a problem because it would just algae up on the inside yeah
0: exactly it's problematic i used water to begin with um but it was a vertical prism and it was open top and so if i need to clean it, it i can just pour it out clean it and, and refill it but yeah. this one is sealed up and it's horizontal so but there's also mineral oil is i've got <laughs> i've got so many questions and one of the things is i'm going to be looking into is um mineral oil is one of the best insulators out there um transformers are filled with mineral oil. And what happens is the mineral oil, they dump electricity in there and the mineral oil keeps, it's like if it has two poles, right? It keeps the electricity from connecting. So it gathers the electricity within the mineral oil. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know how that's gonna affect the color band or if you could um, even electrify it Physically and change or enhance the color band. I have no idea.
1: Sounds like some fun experiments coming your way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of things I want to experiment with. (laughs) Uh,
1: All right, so back to uh, the three pieces. We've we've talked about the prism, we've talked about the glass, the oil inside, Um, we've talked about the dodecahedron. Um, we've, we've touched on, on um, use of sound, whether it be, like you said, singing bowls or chanting. How are you projecting that sound? Is it is it being projected inside the dome or from outside?
0: Inside, but you won't hear anything. But the frequencies will be there and they will have a carrying wave that is electromagnetic that makes that biocompatible with our body electric so that you can reach the state of entrainment.
1: Okay, so you're talking about vibration?
0: No, This, this gets into the physics. Okay. And I mean, just like the light has a frequency, an electromagnetic frequency of the color then it also, but you have the physical frequency of just the color, right? So what I'm doing is just like with the prism, breaking it down into its basic parts with light. I'm doing kind of the same thing with sound because I am just taking the frequency of the sound without the physical aspect of the sound.
1: so kind of like a radio wave
0: yeah i mean in a way a radio wave is a different um frequency on the electromagnetic spectrum but yes you know the the short answer is yes i'm just taking like the the vibratory the electrical vibratory part of the sound without the physical attached to it
1: so how are you projecting that is it through uh, some kind of like capacitor, or because you're not using a speaker, obviously.
0: No, um, through a biotransducer and an amplifier, high frequency range. And uh, then I want to wire up the, the dodecahedron like a speaker.
1: So to- it beca- the dodecahedron becomes the actual vessel, the, the, the vehicle for the. For the sound, for the other half, it's not yeah. to make any noise, but in theory,
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Oops.
2: Oh, you're um, still there, John. You're still okay, there. Can, Keep
0: going. Can you see my um, my pointer on there? The uh,
2: yeah, well,
1: I, was that you, or was that him?
0: This is me, right here. Okay, right. Oh, yeah. there you
2: can't see your. Yeah, can you okay. See that his
0: pointer. Yep, that's all right. Yeah, the one you pointed—that's a dodecahedron. Is there? It's all identical pentagons. No, the one next to it, five sides. Oh. There, that. Yep. Go back. The two on the left-hand side. Okay. No. All right.
1: Go up one. Oh, there you go. That's good.
0: That's a dodecahedron, and then the one, the big one over on the right is a dodecahedron. Same thing. Yeah. So
1: when you wire that, is it two wire or is it like eighty wire?
0: Two- no, I, I I think it will be two. I mean, nobody's done it, so you know that's something I just. But I, I've always. Um, I've always imagined it as a two-wire system, a positive and negative, okay, just like a speaker. Okay, and then the amplifier will, yeah, uh, lenses is lining. Um, uh, well, I lost it, but the the dodecahedron does we- the job. It's a natural. It takes in energy. Ambient energy amplifies it naturally and projects it to the very center. And people don't understand the power of this of sacred geometric shapes. And uh, because it's just the oh. geometry.
1: I know he's all excited. I
2: know. I know.
0: The, <laughs> the star of the
2: show, you know. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The geometry um, interacts with electromagnetism. And I first learned about that with the prism because with, with the prism, if you shine light in it one way, it amplifies the color band. If you shine it in from the opposite side, it diminishes the color band. And that's just the geometry. And so, so all, the geos, all the sacred geometric shapes have a different effect on the on electromagnetism.
1: And we've seen that over and over again in climatic experiments, where um, you're using vibration to create the sacred geometry shapes. And each frequency creates a different type of pattern or all right. uh, group of, of interacting. Um, lines and angles. So, have you ever heard of uh, the Targaryens? It's kind of a myth at this point in time. Um,
0: Say the name again.
1: Targaryens. Not like not like the uh, game. Uh, was it Game of Thrones? It's not that. It's it's another group that. So the the Great Wall of China. Everybody thinks that that was built by China. But if you look at the design carefully, the defense, the defenses of that wall are pointed at China. So whoever built that wall was trying to defend against Chinese invasion. (laughs) And in theory, supposedly this group uh, called the Targaryens, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, were the ones that built that. And they had an advanced civilization. Um, that had free energy, and a lot of the symbolism for that free energy came through in um, some of the earlier churches. Where, as as a as a guy that did uh, stained glass, you understand like the intricacy. They would always use sacred geometry um, as the, the the vessel to put in their colored glasses um, and put in their imagery, whatever whatever that was. But between that focusing the light into the church and the bells that rang were creating these very healing environments for people to celebrate. You know, I, 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 I hesitate to use the word worship because I think that there was more to it, you know, especially, um, back in the early days of Christianity. But, um, it is thought or is believed amongst the conspiracy theorists that this, this group, um, the Targaryens, had all of this stuff figured out and that a lot of the stuff that the Catholic church then created after its formation and thereon on was basically exactly those components that they had created that allowed them or their civilization to advance to the point that they did um, in, in both creating, you know, the great wall of China and many other, um, pretty amazing archeological, uh, feats for, for the time it was, you know, this was, you know, this was back in before the dark ages, man, we're, we're talking, you know, thousands of years ago. And another thing that kind of would indicate that this would could have, or would have been possible was the, the fact that everybody, finally to this day and age acknowledges that history is nothing more than a group of lies uh, agreed upon i mean we we've been lied to our whole lives uh, <laughs> right, right so you know and again you can get down the rabbit hole of you know the the banking cartel and, and their power and you know that there's city states as london and and rome and washington they're all interconnected and they basically control the whole monetary supply of the planet. Um, and, it, you know, if if that is true, it only makes sense that they would not want uh, anybody to have these kinds of resources. I mean, you know, J.D. Rockefeller made it very clear that he did not want free thinking people. He wanted, you know, drones for his factories. and and
0: Sure. Good little slaves. Complacent. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Which was why he created the public school system um to you know teach you to follow a bell follow rules sit in a row be a be a drone right or a slave whatever you want to call it so yeah, anyway it. i figured i'd, I'd kind of touch on that because a lot of a lot of those you know original healing modalities were using color and sound and it was again you know I mean, look at the Tibetan monks. Um, everything was about the gong and the bowls and the bells. And um, so there, 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 there has to be more to that than, than meets the eye.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, you were talking about the cathedrals. All those cathedrals were based on sacred geometry. So the building itself was channeling energy and amplifying energy. Exactly
1: exactly and you're the first person that uh would verbally admit to me that you you believe that to be true as well
0: that's that's a well-proven fact
1: yeah um and the fact that they were wired um they were all wired with with copper cables from the top to the bottom so also kind of like what you're doing again copper not you know not anything else and you know, and, and this, is, this is a great question. It was one that I was uh, hoping to, to talk to you a little bit more about, the difference between a Faraday cage and, and what you're creating.
0: Oh, so Faraday cage and what I'm doing are two opposite ends of the spectrum. Thank you. Because a Faraday cage is meant to keep frequencies out. It grounds them out. And that's why the wires have to be close together and so forth. And what I'm doing is creating an energetic environment that combines the magnetism, the light, and the frequencies. And so you would be in a total unique energetic environment that you're not going to find anywhere else. I mean, the closest thing would be Um, like the shamans of old or today would seek out what they call power spots, right? And a power spot is basically an upwelling of of energy from a place. And it could be a crossing of ley lines, or it could be um, mineral deposits. You know, it can be many things, but it's a high energy spot. And um So when you enter that, then the body does what it does and it wants to harmonize and vibrate at that level. And when it becomes entrained, then your consciousness changes and you go into a whole different state of consciousness. I'd just like to throw
2: something else in there because that's something that relates to bees. Um, a, A swarm of bees when they're looking for a hive actually will look for those upwellings of energy forms. And they will actually build their beehive uh, around that if they can, because that's extra energy coming up into the hive, just to let you know.
0: Well, but that's the same thing that the, the churches have all done too forever. You know, they, they'll go into a country and find, you know, a sacred s- space and then build their church on top of it.
1: It's, uh, we had a gentleman, um, I think Ken, you might have been on present. Uh, the gentleman, uh, the the German guy, I forget his name, very difficult to pronounce. He makes those energy pendants and he talked about these deep earth energy wells uh, that, that create the ley lines or to some degree create the, the ley lines.
2: Yeah, he does uh, um, the the wires uh, <coughs> underground. I, yep. I do remember the show. Right. I can't he's remember a- his name
1: he was a dowser he also created these little like if you had an energy line coming through your say your, middle of your bedroom he would create a pendant that you put on the wall that would help bounce that out of the bedroom and away from you um, so that you didn't pick up the the negative energy because there are positive and negative versions of these this energy source
0: sure um, the, the original guy that I knew of that, that was doing things like that, making pendants and using sacred geometric shapes, was a guy named Patrick Flanagan, and that was back in the '70s. And he was the first one that I knew of that came up with sacred geometric pendants, and um, and it was that changed my whole whole concept of of that stuff too because it was flat, right. But it was just there. Again, it was just the geometry that made it work.
1: And then you get into Oregon. Or, Oregon.
0: Oregon boxes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because that's a whole nother like
0: yeah, well, that's,
1: you're collecting energy.
0: It's an energy accumulator. And it works on the principle of uh, conductors and insulators and in, in layers. <laughs> tinfoil hats. I like <laughs> the, the, I like the copper pyramid hats myself. I don't know if you <laughs> if you remember there is uh, the black guy on uh, I think it was Sesame Street, and uh, and he had a copper pyramid hat.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that man. That was a weird show for our kids at that time day and day. Yeah. It was really weird.
0: You know, but one time I had some friends that were very sensitive, of talking about um, Faraday cages and stuff like that, and they came to me and asked me um, to help them because they they couldn't sleep very well, and so I ended up building um, a cage around their bed, made out of wire, and then wired it into the grounding the ground in the electrical outlet.
1: And he just wants to play.
0: After I did that, they slept really well. And so I was just draining the the, the electronic smog out of the air through the ground and returning it to the earth.
1: I know, Po, I know you're excited. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> He's really stealing the show today. He's usually not like this. I think he feels your energy.
0: Looks <laughs> like he's feeling your energy to me. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah. You know I get excited talking about this stuff. Um, so let's talk about the Oregon. Have you ever played with any of that stuff?
0: No. I studied it, and I understand how it works, but I've never like, really played with it.
1: Um, yeah, I just wonder how – because I think what you're doing is something similar because those are healing tools like yours, um, and if you've studied it, um, I'm sure that you probably can see the, the comparison to some degree.
0: Yeah, in, in, in a way. But there again, you know, I'm using outside um, stimulus to create this electronic – Magnetic environment.
1: Um, all right. So where do we go from here? I mean, we've talked about the elements. Okay. Let's talk about people's experiences because I had an experience just touching it and, and you were still working on it at that point in time. I could feel that it was connecting or collecting. Have Tell, tell us more of other people like the the kid that, that you talk about when he goes in. Have you had a lot of people experience it?
0: Yeah. um, But, you know, um, how people experience energy or don't experience energy very much relates to consciousness, sensitivity, how much in touch they are with their bodies, things like that. And so, um, you know, people ask me, oh, well, you know, I, you know, what's it going to be like? And I said, well, it's going to be different for everybody because everybody has their own reality and they're they're in their own place and chemically and electrically and all that stuff. So um, somebody that isn't very tuned in won't feel very much, if anything. That doesn't mean that there's not anything happening it's just their perception because they're not used to feeling on that subtle level level you know but um as as another example um i set up when i set up the dode- the dodecahedron in hawaii and um there's a lady there an older lady, and she has dementia problems and hearing problems. And I shined a color band on her that was just as, about as big as her head. And the, the ultraviolet band was right across here. And she could only, only sit there for about 10 minutes. And then she starts saying, I'm feeling really funny. I've had enough. And so she got out. And so we talked and I said, well, okay. I said, are are you happy um, in your normal state of mind these days? And she said, no. And I said, is it something that you, a place that you want to stay? No. I said, well, then it's no surprise that you're feeling weird and funny and maybe uncomfortable because it's affecting your brain and it's taking it to a whole different energetic level but there was another lady and she was older she was like 80 but she was didn't have any of those problems very energetic and purples that was her that was her home was purples and ultraviolets and deep blues and she got in the color band and that same thing this the color band the the ultraviolet and the blue and purple were all right in here she hung out there for half an hour she wanted more, as much as she could get. <clears throat> but in, in those ranges, though, the frequency is so high, you have to be careful because you can burn your retina.
1: Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. And well, you, you probably wouldn't want to put on sunglasses because you dull the effect of it.
0: Yeah. Well, but she didn't have any problems, but, you know... That's one of the things that I have to be aware of and, um, and, and factor in, yeah, see. So the reds, as far as frequency, reds are the lowest wave. It's, they're the longest wave, the, the quote, slowest wave. And then as you move up the color band and the spectrum, and you get up into the purples and the ultraviolets. Those are the fastest. And so a red is long and rolling like this, and the ultraviolets are like, like that. And so there's so much more energy in there.
1: That's like uh, when you're scuba diving. Uh, after the first ten feet, you lose reds, and you know, and right down the whole spectrum until you get down. to, I think it's forty feet maybe that the that the blues penetrate. Um, I, it's been a mm-hmm. It's been a minute since I uh, did my sc- uh, scuba diving work, but and yeah, that was always an interesting thing in, in my mind was that these waves uh, both long and short have different penetration levels in, in the aquatic ecosystem or into the water. So um, yeah. And so backing it up to uh, people's uh, experiences and, you know, I think that that's really important to understand is that, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people have a very low vibration, whether they've been programmed, deprogrammed, uh, burned out by society, uh, just generally negative people um are not going to have that that any kind of real experience because they're just they're not they're not a, ascended into a higher realm of of consciousness. So I could totally see why um, you make that statement and you know I wonder like, um, I wonder if if there was a way to actually uh, measure like the effect of this. I mean,
2: you,
1: you know about the uh, aura machines, right? They, they take a picture of you and, and they show the, the colors, sure. of you, right? So mm-hmm. I wonder if there was a way that the opposite could be done. Um, and put the person in there, um, do their aura, and then and then hit them with the with the light and, and see what happens because I'm sure it would change dramatically what was going on in their energy release.
0: Yeah, well, that's you know taking those kinds of photos, before and after shots. Um, yeah, it's part of the, part of the plan. Um,
1: nice, yeah, you've, dude. Again, you know, it's it's, a bit an honor to have met you in such a difficult time and place in in my realm and and, you know to be there with your daughter amber who we hoped we're going to be able to jump on today uh because she's another you know beautiful spirit her and pauline connected like jesus like mother daughter almost the first day that we were there um and you know so again you've just got this incredible journey ahead of you that you know when when the universe allows um you to continue to really push forward and and not only the completion of the whole uh, build, but the ability to bring it out um, to the world and and showcase it because it's, it's definitely uh, a lot to this that cannot be completely denied at this point in time. Science is caught up with, with the education world. Um, In other words, they can't just educate us and say, Oh, this is bullshit. That's woo woo. (laughs) It's beyond that now. The the Pandora's box is wide open. I mean, people people talk about Reiki now. Like, it's okay. Like, before, that was witchcraft.
0: Well, yeah. Chiropractic used to be the same way, too. Acupuncture. Yep. Yep. I mean, I remember when the first films in the 50s came out of the Chinese doing operations without any anesthetic and just using acupuncture. And in this country, it's like, oh, that could never be. That's impossible. That's all doctor. That's BS. You know? No, no, no. Impossible. And look where we are today,
1: dude. Man, I, I don't know if you knew this, but I, when I first got to know Pauline, I, I had a back surgery no one. I had a disectomy. The doctor told me, he goes, "You're going to have 10 years, and I'm going to see you again because I'm going to have to uh, fix the one above and below it because they're." they're all going to start fusing together. And I got 20 years out of it um, and slipped on some black ice in Connecticut and went down hard, like to the point where all I could do was like use my arms to get myself up into the, uh, into the car and then drive to the emergency room in New Milford hospital and just basically open the door and just start waving my arms. And they finally came out, got me in a wheelchair, wheeled me in, um, nuked me on, fucking drugs uh, after about four days of it I was like I can't take this anymore it's not helping me it's making me worse um, and so I got off all of them. I, I went into a, a spare bedroom and just basically meditated and drank water for three days and I got enough strength back in my body that I could actually stand pretty much like drag my leg and I went down to uh, the, the Washington uh, depot to this spiritual center where i i was reintroduced to pauline i'd met her a year prior at a cacao ceremony of meditation and so <clears throat> i came in there and christy the owner was was behind the counter i said you know I, i'm i'm really tough shape i can't do uh you know this friggin' medicine this 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 western shit i need i need eastern medicine and and i know you guys have you know, access to that because I've seen the, the, the case of Chinese herbs and, you know, the, the, uh, the what's it called? Acupuncture, um, points of, of, uh, acupuncture points. I forget the name for it. And so, yeah, they brought me in there. Uh, Pauline started me first. Uh, she was doing like Reiki on my back and dude, like it was just short of painful agonizing how hot she could get my back with, with, with her, her power, or energy. Um, she also did um, a lot of really deep tissue massage stuff that was like, if, unless you have had it, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. I mean, literally the muscles that were so tight, like locked in uh, to try to protect my spine, mm-hmm. uh, she would get in there and open them up. First she cooked me. And then she'd get in there with her thumbs and and you know like break them apart, uh, loosen them up. Then I would go in to see Jampa, and he would be doing this acupuncture. Dude, within two weeks, I was I was back to normal. Within three three and a half weeks, I was a hundred percent, if not better than I was prior to surgery. I mean, that's how powerful this stuff is. And well, yeah, and unfortunately, modern medicine here in the U.S., you know, um, tries still tries to poo-poo this stuff. Um, but it's legit. I mean, there's there's no way you can say that it doesn't work if you if you and again, and Pauline would always say this: you have to have an open mind. If you truly believe this is going to heal you, it will.
0: Yeah, sure. Nothing um, more powerful than the mind, hardly. Right.
1: So that's that's the only downside of it is you have these people with these low vibrations, closed minds, not not elevated uh, spirituality. They're the ones that deny it because they they can't connect to it. They can't wrap their head around it, let alone believe that this is something that's legit. Yeah. Um, but I think you, at, at this point in time, if you had brought this out twenty years ago, you'd probably have been, you know
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 burned alive at the stake, man.
0: <laughs> uh, it, it, it would have just been laughable, you know. But one of these days, you know, I also hope through this to uh, help merge physics and metaphysics together.
1: Wow, that would be cool. So so a whole nother level of quantum. Mm-hmm. That, that would be beautiful. Um, yeah, because there is a lot to the metaphysical world. Um, and again, most of it can't be described. So it's almost like, oh, well, that's a religion. Well, no, it's not a religion. It's real. It's just that it's not quantifiable at this point in time. We don't have the, the tools to do that yet.
0: Um, yeah, one, of my, one of my favorite sayings is we're always limited by the knowledge of our times.
1: Yes. And or <laughs> the restrictions on it.
0: <laughs> What's the difference really?
1: <laughs> well, some are, some are implemented and, and some are, you know, denied outright. So uh, yes. the little yeah. It. Um,
0: but one another thing that most people don't think about in modern society in relation to their sensitivity to energy is there's so much electronic smog these days.
1: Yeah, oh, God, yes.
0: And how many people go barefoot, right? Nobody. We're always insulated from the ground through rubber-soled shoes. Yep. And so our body builds up static electricity and that totally, you know, confuses Fox. the body Yeah, and therefore the mind.
1: No, I, uh, I'm a big proponent of grounding. As I've told people like even in new England, I'm like, dude, go to the beach, get some sand, bring it down into your basement, put it on the concrete floor, take your fucking shoes off and put your feet in the sand. It will work. It will help you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, don't, I just people either get it or they don't. And, you yeah. know, you can't you can't force someone to do something that they're poo-pooing you or don't believe in. But you're right. I mean, ever since they came out with uh, the rubber soles and I forget when it was, but I think it was uh, when they came out with tires. So like the late 18, early 1900s that they started attaching rubber to the bottom of our shoes. Prior to that, we were leather. So at least you had you had an insulator but you still had some kind of grounding going
0: on yeah yeah it was an insulator like vulcanized rubber for sure
1: right right foot prisms. I love it uh,
0: <laughs> all right so
1: you've you've explained a couple of different uh, experiences have you had anybody like come out of there just like aha like I feel like unbelievable or
0: Oh, yeah, the lady I told you about that liked the, the, the sat in that, that purple, that ultraviolet band for, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And she came out, and she was just like, I feel so good, you know. But the other lady, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and she was like, oh, man, I, I just feel so weird. But because she had serious problems.
1: And to uh, exposing them to her,
0: yeah. They're so, But I mean, you know, when I got in the into the into the dodecahedron, I for me because I have done body work my whole life, um, and I'm really sensitive to energy. When I'm working on people, when they get a release, my body jumps, and um, I I call it the shredder. I mean. When I went in there, I mean, it was phenomenally powerful for me. But that's it, it it all depends on the person. Um, Some people feel a little, some people feel a lot, some people don't feel anything. But, you know, it's that way with everything, right? Um, And people's reactions, it works for some, but not for others.
1: So you, in the past, you've done healing work. Was it, was it sound? Was it energy? Was it Reiki? Well, what, what type of uh, work were you doing, practicing?
0: It started out when I was 15. I started working on people doing massage work. Didn't know what I was doing. I had a, a friend, that was, his back was killing him. And so I said, well, I've heard about massage. I don't know. I'll see. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I don't know. Totally don't know anything about it, but that's how I started. And then over the years, it gradually morphed into just doing energy work. And I went through all kinds of, but I don't have any professional training in anything except life. And, um, but you know, it boils down to being able to open up, set your brain aside and let the energy flow through you. Because if you ask any therapist that's been, that's done work like that for any period of time, they say, you do not use your own energy. And that's the danger about working on people that you're really close to, because you want to really help them. And so you, you use, it's really tempting and easy to use your own energy as well as channeling energy. But if you use your own energy, it'll deplete you. And then you work on somebody that is really needy and, um, you know, kind of a psychic vampire, then they'll suck every bit out of you. So you have to be careful like that. But, I mean, I've always liked to read and I've studied a lot. And so I read a lot of different techniques for massage. And then, you know, I love Tibetan Buddhism. And so reading sacred books... And, and studying, um, and then just my own work, doing artwork and stuff. It just, it all kind of blended together, but I never thought I'd be able to combine my technical aspect, my artistic aspect, my and my spiritual aspects all into, and my healing all into one, one project, which this is doing. Mm-hmm.
1: The universe hard at work, my friend, right? <laughs> um what was the worst experience you had in healing did you ever run into one of those vampires i know pauline had some pretty horrible stories about or,
0: <laughs> i'd say the the best illustration of that was uh, i was teaching a class to some friends on energy work and protection and especially women and especially young women very seldom do they consider psychic protection or at least this is many years ago and so i had a friend beautiful young woman and she came to me just like in tears one day and she said like and say i gotta talk to you i said what's going on she said there's this weird guy and he keeps following me and i can't get rid of him and it seems like everywhere i go he's there and he keeps like getting closer and closer so i said all right i said what are you doing for protection she said what do you mean and so i said well I said, then try this. I said, the next time you see him and you feel threatened, then stop and surround yourself first with white light and then picture that with like mercury, a mercurical coating on it. Because those kinds of energies do not like to see themselves. So do that and stay inside that and you'll be safe. And then let me know what happens. So she called me about a week later, all excited. And I said, Oh, calm down. Tell me what happened. She said, Well, I was walking down the street, four lanes. And she said, That guy saw me and he immediately started walking towards me. Didn't care about cars or anything, you know, just like beeline. And so I said, Okay, then what happened? She said, I remember what you said. And I did that. And as soon as I got done visualizing that mercurial coating, He stopped, then his tracks, turned around, walked the other way, and I haven't seen him since.
1: There you go. I mean, Pauline uh, did some extensive work on on that. Um, She worked with a group called The Power Path down in uh, New Mexico. Um, Jose and Lena, I'm their daughters name, but That was one of the tricks she taught me because I'm I, I'm a very uh, energy sensitive person, empath, whatever you want to call it, and I've always had trouble with with that bad energy. Like it wasn't probably seven years ago that I realized that you know when I got upset and frustrated and I was driving and I'd get you know kind of like road rage and all of a sudden I'd have all these idiots you know doing this crazy shit, locking up their brakes in front of me, trying to cut me off. I was attracting that negative because I wasn't protecting myself. I didn't, didn't know how to protect myself, let alone, uh, you know, project it. So she taught me uh, a couple of different techniques, one similar to what you're saying, which, was the, which uh, was the bubble. And there was another one that was basically even stronger and it was uh, kind of like the dodecahedron but uh, more so like points. So uh, triangles with points and all the points, where, wherever the point, three points came together or two points came together, no, it would be six points that came together. You put a diamond or a rose or something that means something to you. And I was uh, traveling in a place that I probably shouldn't have been traveling and I had things <laughs> with me that I probably shouldn't have had with me. Um, and I practiced it um, before I, I got involved or got on board so to say, and sure, shit, I, I had no issues. Never, nobody looked at me sideways. Uh, it was like I didn't exist. It was like I was a ghost, nobody even saw me. Um, so I, I understand the power of it. And, and yeah, to the audience out there, I mean, look into this stuff, look, look into the power path. Um, and, and there's all kinds of papers and, and you know courses, some online, some you can do in person. But there's a lot to this. And if you are a sensitive or energetic being, a high-vibration being, you are going to be subject to these um, vampires, these predatory, uh, low-vibration people because they want to steal your light. They see you. They see your energy. They feel your energy, and they want it.
0: They're attracted to it.
1: You're attracted to it like a freaking metal on a magnet.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's not just physical beings either, you know? I mean... The universe, the multiverse, is a big place, and what we see is so small of a part of it. Um, but yeah, doing doing work, I've I've dislodged some very dark things out of people. They're not me, but the you know channeling the energy and um, seeing some amazing things.
1: Yeah, that—that I mean, that, this realm that we're talking about is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, you know they, they say, oh, you know, oh, you're exercising demons. There's something to that shit, man. There's definitely something to that. And yep. you know,
0: thought yeah. forms, beings out there, fed by thoughts on an energetic level, energetic beings.
1: Yep, that's for sure speaking of which look at this little <laughs> look at this little friggin yeah. light scary dancing on my face right now right yeah, probably,
0: well, there's one on your shirt too
1: it's Pauline <laughs> Hi, sweetie wherever you are um, all right so we're getting close to the part uh, where I like to give the audience a chance to ask their questions is there anything else that you wanted to follow up in uh, you know, something that we touched on that maybe you wanted to expand a little bit more and didn't get the
0: chance um, to. Well, I mean, um, we have a website and um, it mostly deals with the prism and, we, and my daughter and I created it for our submission to Burning Man, but we're gonna be adding to it and, and populating it with um, more of the whole project as time goes on. So if you want to know more, you can look on there, although you've probably heard most of it now. Um, but there'll be there's other, other explanations and uh, information on the science aspect of, of energy and frequencies and different things like that.
1: So, when do you hope to be on the road with it?
0: I don't know. I thought I would have been done quite a while ago. I've been working on it for years. And um, so it's just a matter of getting a, a good enough paying job at this point to save the money to uh, finish it out. So, it's hard to say. I thought I would be a lot further down the road at this point than I am.
1: So did you get the grant for this year's Burning Man?
0: Didn't apply for this this year because um, just too much going on. And Burning Man has very stringent requirements. And um, so my daughter and I both agreed that it would be best just to not apply this year, but we're going to do it for sure next year.
1: Got you. So you're just going to stay focused this year, push it along as far as you can, um, and then apply next year, which forces you to have a deadline. Like you're, You have to be done by that time. So then it gives you the money to do it, which makes sense.
0: Well, but they only give you money for materials. They don't give you any money for time. So you. you have you have to have enough money saved to be able to take the time to produce your installation.
1: figure right
0: (laughs) and um but yeah there's so many applications to what i'm doing you know one of the things um one of my theories is that uh, the first prisms i made were vertical and so the color band follows the orientation of the prism if the prism's vertical the color band will be vertical if the prism's horizontal the color band will be horizontal and each of those has different applications for healing. And one of the things that I did with the very first one that I made, because it was pretty good size, um, when I finally got it to work, um, I would lay down or sit on the floor. And then, and, and so this is one of my theories, and then let, I'd sit below the red. And even though we don't see the near red, the far red, the infrared, the energy is still there. Those frequencies are still there. And our body will, and our body electric responds to those. So start a person out like that. And then it takes about 30 or 40 minutes for with the circadian rhythm of the planet spinning on its axis for the entire color band to go over your body. And so by doing that, starting with the, with the red and going up to the ultraviolets, then my theory is that that will, if the person is, is clean enough, open enough, you know, focused and all that, it can have the effect of resetting our body electric <laughs> to kind of factory settings and well. affecting the DNA. And, um, also tying our energy into the cosmos, because that ties you into the spinning of the earth on its axis, which is the circadian rhythm of our planet, which ties you into the energies of of the whole universe.
1: You know, when you were saying that, what came to my mind was, uh, you know, like uh, any spinning wheel, right? If you if you put the prism on a spinning wheel and was able to put it, you know, a clear one, obviously, and focus it on the sun and spun it, you'd be getting all of that moving uh, constantly. So you're you're instead of waiting for the for the all the different spectrums to get to you, you would be getting them all at once.
0: Yeah, but having it, but one of the big points of what I was talking about is having that, those colors wash over your body in proper order of color and, and uh, frequency in harmony with the planet in, a, in the spinning of the axis. Letting Coming it. Magnetically, energetically, that is phenomenally powerful. There you go,
1: just letting, letting nature do its thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the, and that's a major aspect that I think that will help reset, you know, because our bodies respond to that. And I mean, that's, that's at, at the deepest level, instinctual atomic, you know, molecular quantum level. And that's the thing, what I'm doing is dealing, that's the, that's the realm that I'm dealing with is quantum atomic, you know down to the minute particles of protons electrons and the magnetism i mean magnetism and light and geometry run the universe mm-hmm. absolutely and when nature finds something that works it just it replicates <laughs> yeah it does everything passes like so below you know i mean <laughs> yep. hard to, hard to get away from And also, you know, another thing, aspect and this relates to soil, which is one, and water, which are two other of my major interests, is that this, the energy of the prism and what I'm doing um, will help the planet, the water, the animals, the plants, Because it's all one. We're all the same thing. We're made out of the same stuff, the same rules, guide, you know, guide and uh, tie us all together. So if it affects us, it will affect the environment at all. Very true. where, Where in nature can you be in one pure frequency of color and light? maybe a sunset maybe under an aspen grove but you know where can you be in pure blue light you know or i mean there's so many colors
1: it's like chasing rainbows you, can, <laughs> you get there, right yeah but you're projecting it so you you don't have to chase it <laughs> cuz no. you're never going to catch up with it <laughs> all right well let's let's get fired away into these questions ken can you uh, pop on and uh run the run the questions please the man behind the curtain where is he <laughs> anyway there was something i wanted to comment back here on meditation uh where are you um uh, woman, Silly Lily was talking to her. Cheryl. So, Cheryl, um, don't get wrapped up into what people say you have to do in meditation. Meditation can be walking. Meditation can be laying on your back. Meditation could be staring at a lake or watching the waves wash in over the shore. Uh, meditation could be staring at a baby Uh, meditation could be just sitting in woods and listening to the sounds. So um, I, I tend to tell people to, to, to begin to get to the next level in meditation is don't necessarily focus on your breath, focus on things that are, you hear around you. It's, it's easier that way to, to start to calm the mind. Um, Meditation, often talks about monkey mind and monkey mind's the hardest thing especially nowadays for us humans living in 2023 like what we just talked about brain fog um electrostatical energy that's that's screwing up all your bodily functions that's also making your mind race um so it to to de-wire to you know to ground um to get into nature and and just focus on like you know the color of the light hitting the bush or the wall, or you know stuff like that is going to get you to that point where you can get your mind clear. Um, and and then once your mind is clear, there's a couple spools of thought. Professional meditators or people that teach meditation will will tell you to just quiet your mind, to to be nothing, to be zero. Well, the opposite effect of that is to spool your mind and i often will let my mind spool let it let it just go wherever the hell it wants and don't restrict it don't tie it don't pull it back just let it go and some of the most profound thoughts i've ever had in my life have happened during that period of time so maybe those will help you uh you know and, and i guess you're, you're you're talking about your daughter but i wasn't really able to keep up with the, with the conversation but anyway there's my two cents on that and ken why don't you go ahead and take over buddy
2: uh, sorry about that, guys. I, I my mouse wouldn't release the batteries, and then I couldn't get new batteries into the darn thing. One of those days.
1: <laughs> Speaking of energy drains, man.
2: <laughs> oh, I know, right? You suck but your so own batteries she, dry. <laughs> Cheryl's daughter has uh, epileptic seizures up to three hundred plus a day. <sighs> uh, dripping water, uh, electrical from the the. Uh, you know fridge can set her off and she wanted to actually uh, talk to you uh, she's very sensitive to vibration sound physical by vibra- uh, vibrations um, etc like even in a car they have to put in gel memory foam etc for the road noise etc have you dealt with anyone that's had those types of uh, issues uh, in the past
0: Mm, not to that degree. No. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I would, you'd have to look at, um, lifestyle diet, um, exercise. I mean, you know, what, what is a lifestyle like? How clean is the body? You know, Mm -hmm. um, What are you doing to get grounded, you know, to drain those energies out? What kind of thoughts do you have? I mean, there's so much to that. And people that are real sensitive. I mean, it's it's a hard place to be in this world today and and be that that sensitive. Mm -hmm. I know
2: she uses cannabis um, and she's moved into the microgreens and uh, sprouts. Um, and it is helping her, uh, with what she is dealing with, but, uh, I'm just wondering if the, the light therapy could help her, you know, and you never just never know until she actually steps into the machine. Is that about right?
0: Yeah, basically. I mean, um, but somebody that's that sensitive, I mean, one of the things that I'm very concerned about actually is, um, what is the right is dosage right? Because that's going to be different for everybody. And people that are real sensitive. Um, if you put too much power in there, and the body gets the message, Oh, well, now we can cleanse. And most Americans, most people in the modern world are, are toxic. And so if the body if they're very toxic, and the body gets the message, all right, we can cleanse, and it dumps way more than the, the body can handle toxins into the bloodstream, then they're going to go into a serious healing crisis.
2: But she's on a ketogenic diet. Um, so I, I don't know if you're familiar with the yes. ketogenic diet. Yeah. Um, so I think she's a lot less toxic in that way than, than most people are.
0: Yeah. So, that's now. What was her diet like before? Because yeah. – that, and that's what I, that's what I'm saying. that's what I'm talking about, because the body has an unbelievable pension um, and ability to store toxins at a cellular level, everywhere. And that works until you you get full. And once you get full, then you're in serious trouble.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because then you're living in a toxic soup inside. And that's going to affect your brain your body all your organs everything because it's all one thing and so maybe she's you know doing that now and that's good but you know there's just there's so many aspects that go into that yeah so cheryl wanted
2: to follow up uh yes super sensitive to energy suggestions in hertz uh she is in high ketosis it wasn't great five years ago Mm-hmm. the diet
1: yeah and she says again the diet wasn't great before yeah. and so that so that goes into cleansing like yeah you're exactly gonna have, you're going um, to have cellular cleanse so that you're i've starting. recently
0: run across there's a dr Tenen Tenon institute i don't know if you've ever heard about him but he's a doctor and um an can you spell
1: end- his name can you spell, can you spell um, his name
0: T-E-N-N-E-N, I believe. And um, I just, somebody suggested that I look into his stuff, and I did, and I I really like it a lot. And he, one of the things that really impressed me are several things. One of them was that he says that most of the people that come, and he's got an institute in Texas, um, that come to him with chronic diseases, can be traced back to um, fillings and crowns and root canals and extractions. He says, the only place in medicine that I know that the the doctors believe it's okay to leave dead tissue in the body is dentistry. And he he studied the electrical circuitry in the body and relates it to acupuncture but he says the reason that the teeth are so important is because the body is it has a giant battery our muscles are a stacked battery and so when you for instance when you exercise then you generate power and that recharges your your battery but he said that the circuitry all goes through the teeth and then and, and that that regulates some of a lot of charging but when when you Get teeth pulled or have root canals, then a lot of stuff is downline from that, you know, organs and different things, muscles. And so that affects the, the it's, and this relates to her question about Hertz. So he studied what cellular frequencies in Hertz and in amplitude um, a healthy cell produced and where it thrived, and it also what what uh, cells use, the hertz that they use to regenerate. And when you have that stuff in your mouth, then it decreases the voltage, and then that decreases the circulation to that whole system, and then your oxygen content goes down, and then you spiral down this rabbit hole. And so he developed this biotransducer to produce these specific frequencies and put them on specific areas of the teeth and recharge that system. And he says he has like 90 plus percent success rate. And he, he he says, that you know, macular degeneration is one. He said, yeah, people come to me and he said, I can, in three weeks, I can you know, either stabilize or make tremendous progress towards curing macular degeneration using this technology.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Well that
1: gives you something to chase down, Cheryl. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he also says there's three things that the body needs, and I totally agree. One is the right frequency of, of electricity, cleansing and eating good food to give the body the tools that it needs to heal.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't if you don't do all it.
0: three of those, you know, unless you unless you can really do it with your mind, then, it, it, you know, it probably won't happen.
1: And don't and she says
2: that. she's going to check that down.
1: Sorry, go yes. ahead, Leighton. I said, don't forget clean water, too. That's another real big issue at this point in time.
2: Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. You're going to
1: borrow it, remineralize it after so you're not stripping your body.
0: Yeah, no, I I love water. You know, it's a liquid crystal. Um, And, yeah, you know, electrically charged water, willard water or, you know, structured water, huge, huge in in cleansing and health.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Living
0: water, you know, spring water, you know, just like living soil. I mean, you know, it, it all boils down to the same stuff for everything mm-hmm. that gives mm-hmm. life on this planet.
1: Exactly right. Go ahead, Ken.
2: Okay, so Stefan Burns had a, a, a the full uh, Faraday cage part, but he also had biofield harmonizer. So is that what the the uh, and I can't pronounce it the hedron. Uh, is basically set up to be? Uh, In a way. Mm -hmm.
0: But mostly it, I mean, it does that, but it sets the stage, it would set the stage um, for the body to heal itself through stimulating specific frequencies for depending on the condition. So, it will have the effect of a of a biofilled harmonizer, but it's much more pointed. I mean, there, that's another thing is that there's, you know, that's one way of um, of, of using that modality. Uh, but I also look at that that modality just like I look at soil and plants, and that is, you know, um, in soil, if you have all the nutrients there, and they're well composted, and everything you need for growth in a plant. Then the plant goes through all the stages of growth and development, and as it does that, then the needs of, of those nutritional needs change along the way. So, but also the, you have to have the electrical part. You know, you have to have the right magnetism to, uh, you know, get the cationic bond which helps in with the uptake. Of those nutrients things like that and so I look at the body as the same way I mean you know using specific focuses for therapies is one thing but if you enter um, a general frequency spread with the right amplitude then just like the plant you know the, the body, in my opinion, will uptake what it needs for whatever, you know, you're working on and, it'll, and, and the rest is just out there and it doesn't affect it. So there's, there's different ways of looking at it and approaching it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, in the, yeah, the short answer to that question is, yes, it will have that, it could have that effect. But there again, that depends on the person. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people may, unless they have a lifestyle change, you know, they get in there, they'll feel good for a day or however, or whatever period of time, you know, a week, I don't know, it depends on the person. And if they don't make any changes, then they'll be right back where they started.
2: Mm-hmm. So this one's kind of uh, out of left way, but what makes geometry sacred? Do we have an explanation? Mm-hmm.
1: Smiley. <laughs> well, there's,
0: there's a, there's geometry and then there's sacred geometry. And in mathematics, there's what they call the five platonic solids. And those are the building blocks that all of nature is built upon is those geometric shapes. And those are the ones that are sacred geometry, that are sacred geometry. And it's those geometric shapes that interact magnetically with the universe, mm-hmm. and they have different effects and stuff. Just like uh, the golden mean of a of a four sided pyramid, you know that's another sacred geometric shape. And um, so, yeah, that it, and that's what makes those shapes sacred, quote, is that they take it to a different, almost metaphysical level, energetically, magnetically, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know if- Think about it as the foundation of everything. Right, it's the foundation of everything. The, yeah,
0: all, all physical matter.
1: Yep. And, and these patterns repeat themselves over and over and over again. Everywhere,
0: everywhere, you know, micro to macro.
2: Yep. You got it. Yeah. Nature adores a straight line and straight angles. She doesn't like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, to so, point.
2: <laughs> yeah. Silly Lily had, uh, would closing your eyes make a difference safer and yet some light would penetrate? And we'll, we'll bring up this picture uh, of you here. You've got the, the full face of light with your eyes closed. Does it matter if your eyes are open or closed?
0: Um, it would, um, depending. But that picture is of the woman that I said could only stay in, in there for like 10 minutes. And um, as I said, the physical aspect of the light coming into the retina has phenomenal healing properties. And that physical light penetrates though just a few nanometers into our skin. Mm -hmm. But the electromagnetic frequency of the light goes all the way to the bone and interacts electrically with the bone and the muscles. Our bones are piezoelectric. You know, and that's what's putting out our energy field, our aura all the time.
1: Cool. I, cool. I would tend to agree with him that it's not going to be nearly as effective if you're not opening your eyes.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of yeah, just the physical aspect of a. I mean, if, if that wasn't the case, then color therapy as people are practicing it for the most part would not work.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So then she had another question, have you created
2: smaller prisms that are available for us or for you, sorry.
0: Well, I mean, I, I could, that's not an issue but you can buy small prisms that, you know, if you, that, that's not a, you, you can get prisms out there, small prisms. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started out with one that was like this, you know, six inches long on, on a little base and it turned horizontally and um, and it works. You know mm-hmm. i mean the prism that i uh i used that i took that my daughter took that picture of of me holding the color band was one that i i found that at goodwill and it was a clock base and it was made out of high lead glass optical quality you know and it had a little bitty round spot indented that was all polished out where the this little miniature clock fit in and I saw it there and I was like, oh, man, that's a right angle triangle, optical quality glass. I th- threw the clock away and I've been using that. <laughs> but no, I, I I'm more focused on, on, you know, my project and and the effects of large. And, and, mm-hmm. and manipulating that. Well, yeah, if you go on Amazon, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of scientific companies out there that, that sell prisms.
2: Well, and here's something that, that uh, the boys were talking about, how you could finance. I think perhaps maybe John could get funding from Burning Man if he was able uh, or it was usable at night. Example, uh, pump white light laser into his prism. Um, it could get booked all around the U.S. for festivals and uh, by the daylight work on it for the science and do the white light laser for the money.
0: Well, I um, included, um, I addressed that issue, but instead of using laser light, um, I found a guy in San Francisco that had old school um, search lights, oh nice like from mm-hmm. world war ii you know that on a clear night they'll shine five miles into the air with a column of white white light
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so i've had many conversations with him and i wanted to do the the midnight rainbow that was part of my my presentation and burning man wasn't interested in that hmm. but yeah no that uh, that fascinates me because I wanted to make a, a sock uh, to contain the light and then f- bring it down to the same size and shape as the prism so there was no ambient light escaping mm-hmm. and um, use those searchlights to shine in there. And if you've ever seen one of those, I mean, it's a, a palpable physical three dimensional column of light. Yeah. And so I see no reason why it wouldn't produce a color band. The same way.
2: Well, there's a, a way that you could maybe finance uh, the science side of it, you know, with some entertainment and and have fun out there as well.
0: Oh no, I, I agree, but you know, the searchlights aren't cheap either. <laughs> True. <laughs> and you know, uh, they have it has to have its own generator, which is gigantic because the electrical needs of that of those searchlights. The old ones or new ones is phenomenal. I mean, so much energy. Mm -hmm. And a laser light is so small, right? I've never seen a laser light this big.
1: So there are some new highly advanced military-grade searchlights that are it'll produce a beam this big, but you can open them up and make it like giant. So you can reduce it or, or spread it. So yeah. check that out because they're reasonably uh, cost effective. And just as an experiment to see how it would work before you commit to one of those spotlights, because you're right moving those things around the generators are no joke. It's an ancient technology, but I think there's new versions of it out there on the
0: market. Yeah, You still run into the same problems because all those lights and the ones that you're talking about, the bulbs that they use are called Xenon bulbs. Okay. And they are so hot, they have water jackets around the connection.
1: No, these are like handheld. They're like flashlights. I'll, yeah. I'll find them and then send it to you.
0: How how of a, of a beam would that produce, though?
1: Well, how when they open there? it up, it's like illuminates the whole friggin' building. And when they shoot it down, it goes really far. I'll find I'll find a link on it because I saw that I was like wow this is really cool information so I'll find a link on it and send shoot it to you for sure
0: yeah, well, this guy had um, searchlights like they used to uh, light the space shuttle with as an example
2: you know mm.
0: I mean that's the kind of intensity and size that I like <laughs> <But> this, <laughs> Go big or stay home is what you're saying. <laughs> you know, send me the the info on that.
1: I will. I, and again, it was it was very affordable. So mm-hmm. nothing like that.
0: No, Thank I you. wish I wish I had more money to to do some of this stuff, but unfortunately, I spent all my savings getting this far, and so now I've got to go back to work, and that's. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hire a 74-year-old guy, you know?
1: <laughs> I hear that, brother.
0: <laughs>
1: not, and we don't have the energy we used to either.
0: Yeah. No, not quite as much.
2: Well, that's it for the questions. Other than I know that Cheryl, I'm going to hook you up with Cheryl on the, the back end because I'm sure she wants to talk to you more about uh, her daughter Haley and what's going on with her to see if this could be a benefit to, uh, what's going on.
0: Sure.
1: Cool. Well, listen, I really appreciate all the time uh, that you donated to us today, John, thank you for coming on and sharing um, your message on this technology, which, you know, again, since the day I met you, I was like, wow, this is just amazing. And Mm -hmm. I I feel the struggle of trying to get to where you want to be and, and, you know, being forced to deal with a universal uh uh breaking system <laughs> not allowing you just to freak and plow forward but uh we we know you're you're going to keep the faith and hold the path and, and you'll get there when you're supposed to right that's kind of the way it is
0: yeah love, yeah
1: Ken as always thank you for all the behind the scenes work that you put into this show and and being yeah. it, our, our producer uh, much love to all you guys, and, and thanks to the audience. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show today. I, I think it was interesting, and I'll t- and Ken, I'll try to track down that guy, bring him back on here again. Um, yeah, Faye's husband. I should have his contact somewhere because he was another interesting. You know, ties into all these things that we've been talking about: electriculture, yeah. you know, the magnetic energy, et cetera, et cetera. So light energy. So, yeah, well, I
0: mean, all. That's what feeds. That's what feeds us, right? Keeps us all alive is all the same stuff.
1: Yes, Amen.
0: It's all one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, John, do you have uh, anything you would like to add before we end the show?
0: No, just I want to thank both of y'all for you know inviting me on the show, and I'm looking forward to you know helping out and stuff. And like I told you, Ken, you know I've got. My compost guy that I, I would like to get on here, and then he knows the people that wrote um, the, the two books, "The Secret Life, Secrets of the Soil" and "The Secret Life of Plants," which are two oh films.
2: man, I love that book!
0: Phenomenal love books, and so love to have them. Definitely love to have them. And I, I told him he he was going to watch tonight, and I told him that after when we're going to talk, and I told him I would hook hook, hook him up with you guys. Fantastic. Thank you, John. Thank you all. You bet. Okay, guys, we're going to end the broadcast
2: there. Peace out, everybody. And uh, we'll see you on uh, Wednesday with Andy Lopez. And uh, then I know Luna does have a guest uh, for Thursday. Remember, Soil Matters is going to be taking a couple of weeks off over Christmas. Uh, We do have uh, two more shows before then. So stay tuned for who's coming on. And with that, guys. Love you all, and we will see you uh, tomorrow on an update with the R&D Grow.
0: Thanks.